How do you like our new venue? Can you praise God with me for our new venue? Yes. Ha. I like I like new things. You know, when you get new things, you you get a chance to unpack them. Right? So we have a new place, and guess what? We have Sunday school facility. Okay, so we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school children. Where, where are you? <laughs> They're gone. They have, they've gone ahead of the teacher. So brace yourself because, you know, when you get new things, you're excited to open them up, right? And then maybe in, a, maybe in two weeks, maybe in August, we'll have something even newer again. You know, we've been, Pastor Danny has been discussing with us from the book of Exodus about the presence of God. And if you remember all of those preachings, you know, when the Israelites traveled by day, he had a cloud to cover them. During at night, when it's dark, they could still travel. Why? Because there were a pillar of fire. So they had light to give them direction. And the Bible tells us that when the cloud stayed, the Israelites stayed. They did not move ahead of the cloud. But when the cloud began to move, the people moved with them. So we're like the Israelites. Shalom. Yeah, nah? Shalom. We're like the Israelites. God is still moving us to a place. And Lord willing, we will find a more permanent place when we can, you know, really grow our roots and then expand as God would have us. Because this is not our work. This is not the work of CCF. This is the work of God Almighty. The Lord of glory. Amen? We sang about it. But He is the Lord of glory. And what has He called you? He's called you His friends. Jesus Christ has settled the wrath. The anger of God over sin. Jesus has settled at the cross. And God no longer calls us His enemies. God calls us His friend. Amen? Now, last week, Pastor Danny shared with us the secret of always being presence-driven. Many of us know the book Purpose Driven. Right? It's a good book. Millions and millions of people have read that book. But we were challenged by Pastor Danny that it's not enough to be purpose-driven. Everybody has a purpose. Even the thief has a purpose. But his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. For Christians, we need to be delighting in the Lord. Because delighting in the Lord is the key. It is the secret of being presence-driven. The, the door is moving and there is a chair Moving by itself. This place is tremendous. Ah, <laughs> uh, they put a chair so that the people will not uh, pass by here. Very ingenious. I thought this place is automatic. And Pastor Peter shared with us the basis of his thesis, which we find in Psalm 37, verse 4. Can we read this, please? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So it's not enough to be purpose-driven. We need to desire to be presence-driven. Because purpose without presence 
if I may say, is close to insanity. You will just be doing and doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But if you have a purpose and you have the presence of God illuminating that this is His purpose for you, then I submit to you, your life will never be the same. Look, delight yourself in the Lord. Matuwa kayo sa Panginoon. Delight in God, delight in doing His will and what is His promise. He will give you the desires of your heart. The book of Philippians tells us, Paul writes that he has promised to give us all of our needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. But more than that, if you delight in the Lord, He will even give you what? The desires of your heart. Mekanikan yung desires tayo. Yung mga single, gusto mag-asawa. Diba? Sa Amerika, karamihan na nag-asawa, anong gusto? Lumabas. Pastor Danny shared with us. In last Saturday, no, no, not the, the wedding. Was that, oh yes, that's right, Sunday. Patay ko, nalilito na. The divorce rate, even among Christians, is 50%. So they want to get out of the marriage because they're no longer happy. What do they do? They get into a second marriage. What is the divorce rate of second marriages? 70%. They're still not happy. They want to get out. They want to be happy. They go to a third marriage. What's the divorce rate? 80%. Why? I submit to you that the most important person is lacking in that marriage. That is the presence of God. Amen? For if you delight in the Lord, what? He will give you the desires of your heart. You ask the Lord, change my husband, change my wife. You know what the Lord will do? He'll change you. Yes? Those of you who have gone through it, what? He will begin to change you. So we're continuing with our uh, message, our series on intimacy. An intimacy. And my thesis for all of us this morning is very simple. All of us have decisions to make, right? When you woke up today, what decisions did you make? Whether to go to church or not. That's oh, <laughs> Praise God that the decision was, yes, because you are here. Go to church. What clothes to wear? What breakfast to eat? Will I have breakfast? Won't I have breakfast? What kind of breakfast? Right? Where will we pass? 605, 210, 134, 5 all the way, side street. Daming decisions. Right? Will I brush my teeth or not? Man, if that was your decision this morning, please don't sit beside me, okay? All of us have many decisions to make. Some are so trivial, but some are really so serious. Some have a lifelong implication that, you know, we need, we need the intimacy of God. We need the intimacy of God because intimacy with God affects our decisions. Intimacy with God affects our decisions. Intimacy with God will make us or bring us to right decisions. However, the lack of intimacy with God will re- bring us bad decisions or wrong decisions. 
Let's commit the time to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are Lord over everything. You are even Lord of our hearts. So Father, I pray this morning that this message will speak to all of us, myself included, Lord God, that when we, de- we, we have to make decisions, when we're faced with crossroads in life, Lord, whether big decisions or small ones, Lord, that we will always go to you first so that we will make the right decisions. Decisions that will bring glory and honor to your holy name. Be pleased, Lord, to speak to me and speak through me, Lord God. Speak to your people. For, Lord, I am nothing without your Holy Spirit. So be pleased, Lord, to find fertile soil in our hearts that we may understand your word and obey it. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Do you believe that? That intimacy with God will bring you to right decisions. However, the lack of intimacy with God will more often bring you to wrong or bad decisions. There are two people I'd like to speak to all of us this morning. And you see the crossroads. He's at a fork in the road. And a decision has to be made. Are we going left or are we going right? And when you're at the fork, you don't really know. Because we don't have eyes strong enough to see beyond the crossroads. We're at the crossroad and we don't know. That's why we have to make a decision. Because if you already know where you're going, then there's no decision to be made. Now, in honor of the reading of God's Word, can we all stand as we read just five verses from Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1 all the way through verse 5. Can we read this together? The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and all the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. May God bless the reading of His Word. You may be seated. Here is the command that God gave to Abram. In verse 1 we notice, God said to Abram, Does God still speak to you? This is audibly. God spoke to Abram. Now, some of us are new here. Some of us don't even say a word to one another. Why? There's no relationship. There's no intimacy yet. God, what? Spoke to Abram. And God told Abram what to do. Look at verse 1. Leave your country, your people, and your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. Did Abram already know where he was going? Answer? No. But why would he go? 
Verse 2, Why did God give the command to Abram to leave? Why? I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Children, if your parents tell you to do something and you don't know, you don't understand what it is, but they say, I'm telling you this because I want to bless you. Will you follow? Will you obey? Yes. Yes. No. You see, God wanted to bless Abram. And God wanted to use Abram to be a blessing to many others. He will be a father of a great nation and his name will be great and he will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and who curses you I will curse and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. If you've been paying attention to all of this message on intimacy, Pastor Dennis shared with us, the presence of God brings provision and what? Protection. Anyone who curses you, sino kalaban ni Abraham? Si? Sino kalaban? Kalaban na si God. If anyone curses Abraham, God will curse them. If anyone blesses Abraham, what? God will bless them. Oh, labang ka. God was with Abraham. If anyone curses Abraham, God will curse that person. If anyone blesses Abraham, God will bless that person. And look at the last line. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Through Abraham. That was God's plan. To bring him to a place he did not know yet what it was for the purpose of blessing him. Verse 3. Oh, sorry. Verse 4. What did Abraham do? Abraham left. He left. He packed up and he left. Why? As the Lord told him. As the Lord told him, he left. And what? Lot went with him. Abraham was very young. 75. Is anyone here 75 or older? Yes, dito. Oh, si Edwin, hindi ka naman 75 eh. Wala ka pang 57 eh. Now, how difficult would it be for a 75-year-old to uproot and move? Much more to uproot and move to a place that he doesn't know anything about. How will we get there? What will we do? Etc., etc., etc. The only motivation that Abraham had to pack and move at age 75 was because God told him. It was God who told him. So what did he do? He packed up, he brought his nephew Lot, and he also brought his wife. And all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. Abram was already rich. He had accumulated slaves and property. So when God told him to move, he had to uproot everything. And that's what he did. So he obeyed the Lord. Then he began 
his journey. We pick it up in Genesis 13. So Abram went from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai where his, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Parang CCF. Diba? Una, sa West Covina, tapos pumunta sa Pasadena Highlands, tapos bumalik sa West Covina, pagkatapos, saan tayo sumunod? Sa, saan? Rose Hills? Hindi ah, cemetery yun. Si Timmy ang madalas doon sa Rose Hills pag may military burial. Tapos, lumipat tayo ng Raymond sa Pasadena. O, tapos, saan tayo dinala? Everywhere we go, what do we do? We build an altar to the Lord. Right? Sabi nga ni Pastor Danny, I know that place. Well, how do you know that place? Ngayon pa lang kami. Hindi. Dito daw yung church ni Sister Grace dati. Exactly here. So, so ganun din, no? And he, where he had been earlier. So, paikot-ikot din siya. Right? Paikot-ikot din si Abraham. Di ba? And where he had first built an altar, you know about Abraham? He builds memorial stones. He builds altars to the Lord to commemorate what God is doing. And then look, there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Kanina sa Genesis chapter 12, God spoke to Abraham. Ngayon naman, sino naman ang isasalita? Abraham now is talking to God. They really have this intimate relationship. They have this bond that they talk to each other. Verse 5. Now Lot was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarrying arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also there in the land at that time. So you see, what did God Say, Abraham will be blessed. Sino kasama ni Abraham? Yung nephew niya, si Lot. And Abraham, his possessions were increasing. What was happening to the possessions of Lot? His Lot was also increasing. So much so, that the land could no longer contain all the blessing of God. Ang problema, ito. Nung na-bless na, ano nangyayari? Ayun. You see? You know, I have this idea that God will not bless me to become rich because God knows what I will do if I'm rich. You know, yung filteries na kahit anong pwede mong gawin, you can do anything. I think God has not blessed me that way because He knows that I will not honor Him through my riches in the way that He desires. Abraham was blessed. Lot was blessed. And in the magnitude of their blessing, the land could not support it anymore. And their herdsmen began to quarrel. And I had to put this in because Pastor Danny, his name is Perez. So he's there. The Perezites. I don't need to put that there. 
See, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the termites, they were all there in the land. So if you see the family name of Pastor Danny is in the Bible. Perez. Oh, hindi Hilton ng apelido, huh? Okay, and the Perizzites were there. So what happened? Abraham and Lot were blessed beyond their imagination, but the problem came up that their herdsmen began to quarrel. So Abraham said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. Yeah. You have that? You have people like that? We're brothers. That was before you know it. Pagtalikod mo, niyari ka. Brothers daw, ha? Eto sa'yo. See? Now, decision time. How do we diffuse the situation? We are being blessed. But because of our blessing, your people are fighting with my people. Abate ka. Sino ka nga? Who are you? You're just my nephew. Who am I? I'm your uncle. Age before beauty. How old are you? I'm 75. Oh, sino masusunod? You have those encounters when you are faced with decisions? Well, so-and-so has to follow because I'm older. So-and-so has to follow because I have more experience. So-and-so has to follow because I'm the pastor. Abraham said, we should not quarrel. This cannot be. Why? Because we are brothers. So what did Abraham do? Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Who has right of first choice or first refusal? The elder. The older one. Diba? But what did Abram do? He gave the right to choose. He gave it to Lot. He had this decision to make. But he gave the prerogative to make the first decision to Lot. Would you give that up? Not knowing what is before you? Lot looked up and saw the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt toward Zoar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. So what did Lot do? He used his eyes, he used his brain, he used his logic. He looked to the east and saw the plain of the Jordan, well watered. It was beautiful, like the garden of the Lord, much like Egypt. It attracted Lot. And so what did he do? He chose it for himself. And then he set towards the east. And Abram and Lot parted ways. Did they part as good with good relationship? Yes. No problem. Abram gave Lot the choice. 
Lot decided. With his eyes, he decided. And the two parted company. Abram, on the other hand, lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Why are you doing this and reacting? What's so, what's so Sodom about Sodom? That you would react. Sodom, well, Lot chose that place. And he pitched his tent. He lived near Sodom. Now here's what the Bible says about Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. Where did Lot decide to pitch his tent? Where did Lot decide to build his house? In a place near people who sinned greatly against the Lord. Ano kaya mangyayari sa kanya? What would happen? What would happen to us if without consulting the Lord, we build a house, we build a home near a place of great Temptation. Lot built his house near Sodom. They parted ways. This is what Lot chose. Abram, on the other hand, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south and east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring should be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Lot chose the plains of the Jordan. What did God give to Abram? Look north, look south, look east, look west. Everything I give to you. Who got the quote-unquote the better deal. Abram. Again, look. The Lord, what? Said to Abram. The Lord spoke to Abram. Remember? My promise is to bless you and to make you into a great nation. And look. His offspring will be as the dust. Binibilang nyo ba yung alikabok? Hirap bilangin nun, ha? Hindi mo mabilang. The point is, the promise of God was Abraham was going to be blessed with an abundance of offspring. At 75, ha? Tandaan nyo. Sino pa ba ditong malusog? Five-hour energy ba? Verse 18. Abraham moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. This Abraham... He always builds altars. This Abram, he always worships the Lord. Notice their, con their ongoing conversation. God would speak to Abraham. Abraham would speak to God. God would speak to Abram. Abram would build an altar. You know, Abram was so faithful to the Lord that time and time again, God would remind him of his promise. You will be a great nation. All nations will be blessed through you. But Abram had a lot of problems. Those of you who attended the midweek Bible study, 
Abraham was 75 when he got this promise. To complicate things, his wife Sarai was barren. She was beyond childbearing years. But as God constantly reminded Abram, this is what the Bible speaks of Abram. Abram what? Believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. You see, the faith of Abraham, the object of Abraham's faith was the Lord. It was the Lord who told him to go. He didn't know where. He didn't know how. He didn't know how and what it was going to happen. But he just knew that it was the Lord who was commanding him. So he went. And because Abram believed, God reckoned it to him as righteousness. It's an accounting term. You have on one side of the equation of the books, debit. The other side, credit. God imputed righteousness upon Abram. But what about the promise? Did God make good on the promise? In verse in chapter 21, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah and, she, and he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abram in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abram gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore. Did God fulfill his promise? Yes? Parang hindi kayo kumbinsido. Yes? God told Abram he was going to be a father of a great nation. So what must you have? First, you have to have a family. But he was 75. Sarah was barren. Just at the right time, Sarah gave birth to their offspring. And they called their offspring Isaac, which means laughter. Why laughter? Because when the angels appeared to Sarah and tell her, next year, this time, next year, you will be with child. <laughs> Why do you laugh? Is anything too difficult for God? God really must have a sense of humor, okay? Tumawa ka? Okay. Ang pangalan ng anak mo, Bert Tawa. <laughs> Sige. Isaac. Now, Abraham, God told Abraham, go. Abraham went. God told Abraham, this is what's going to happen to you. Abraham believed. And God credited it to him as righteousness. And in just at the right time, after 25 years, the promise of God came true. And Sarah and Abraham bore Isaac. What decision did Abraham do? Abram decided to follow God. Abram decided to follow God. And what was the what is the implication of Abraham following God? Matthew chapter 1. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. The son of Abram was the father of Isaac. Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah, his brothers, Judah the father of Perez. And Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, etc., etc. And then in verse 16, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom was born Jesus, 
who is called the Christ. Did Abraham make the right decision in following God? Yes. Abraham's decision has eternal implications today. Because from Abraham came Isaac, everything else, and then who came forth from that line? Jesus Christ. All the nations will be blessed through your seed. Because Abraham obeyed. It was through Abraham and his line that Jesus was born. Abraham obeyed. And it has eternal implications for us even today. But how about the guy who went to the east? He had first priority and he chose to go to the east and live near Sodom. In Genesis 18, it reads, Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin so grievous, that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. Uh Uh-huh. Where is Lot? When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they replied, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, All of the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. Ba, may welcoming committee? May welcoming committee yung mga angels. First, the angels were welcomed by Lot. He insisted that he go with them to his house and he became hospitable to them. He prepared a meal. But just at about time that they were going to bed, the men from Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. Why? They called Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Men looking for other men to have sex with them. My friends, this problem is as old as the Bible. It's as old as the Bible. And I don't know whatever your conviction is. But in God's eyes, He said, This is an abomination. These are acts of wickedness. And He was going to destroy the city of Sodom and the city of Gomorrah. So what did Lot do? Man, your house is surrounded. You know, in the Philippines before, single pa ako, ha? After I went home from the nightclub, I hit a guy. He was drunk. He act- I think he actually hit the car. And in the, twink- talagang in the twinkling of an eye, my car was surrounded. You know why? This was in Gagalangintondo, Manila. Near the pier. Talagang. And then, it's a good thing that the barangay tanod, walang gagalaw niyan! 
what? Yes, I was saved. Like, almost instantaneously, the ho- my car was surrounded. I can identify with, with blood. I mean, all the men, both young and old, surrounded his house. And what were they asking? Bring out your visitors so we can have sex with them. May matapang si Lot. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind them and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Tamo si Lot. Pangklase si Lot. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like to them. But do not do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Man, if blood is your friend, I don't need enemies. Mas gusto pa niyang proteksyonan. Don't do anything to my visitors. Here, I have two virgin daughters. You do whatever you want. Question. Has Sodom gotten into the heart of Lot? Don't do anything to my visitors. I have two daughters. Do with them what you want. I don't know which is more wicked. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. This is already chapter 19 because the angel already told them, you better leave. You and your family, you better leave. Warn them. The judgment and wrath of God is coming upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Get out. Flee. So he tells this to his future sons-in-law. Actually, sa kanila, pag nag-engage na, son-in-law na yon. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughter. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. He had no moral ascendancy. His sons-in-law thought he was joking. He had no moral ascendancy over his future or his sons-in-law. You know, I've been told, you know, in our accountability, you know, song, alam mo, you joke too much. Okay? Point well taken. Look at this. Why is joking too much hard or difficult? If you joke too much, pagdating na na serious, wala na maniniwala sa'yo. You're like the boy who cried wolf. Wolf, wolf, tapos wala. Kasi puro ka pala biro. Siguro ganun din kay Lot. Hindi ko alam. There's, there's nothing in the Bible that says or defines this more than this. He said his sons-in-law thought he was just joking. They didn't believe him. Verse 15. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. Then, what? When he hesitated. Oh. The angels already told him that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Ikong ikaw yun, ang gagawin mo. I submit to you, Lot was not intimate with the Lord. Why would he hesitate? Judgment was coming. The destruction and wrath of God was coming. And he was being allowed to be saved. But what did he do? 
he hesitated. Teka, baka hindi naman talaga. Baka tirador lang yun. Usumpit. He ha- the, the angels had to grasp his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was what? Merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Then the Lord rained down the burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus He overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and all the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became what? Pillar of salt. Siguro yun ang pangalan niya, no? Pillar. Pillar of salt. Why? The angel told them, you run to the mountains, you flee, don't look back. But what did Mrs. Lot do? She disobeyed. She looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Lot did not have any control over his wife either. Not his sons-in-law. Not his wife. So they escaped. So who escaped? The two daughters and Lot. The sons-in-law stayed behind. Why? They thought he was joking. So what happened to them? They died. Together with everyone else. So now, what happens? Now it's just Lot and his two daughters. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old and there is no man around here to lie with us. As is the custom over all the earth. Let's get our father drunk. Let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. That night, they got their father to drink wine and the older daughter went in and lay with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or where she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, Last night, I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight. And you go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine that night also, and the younger daughter went and lay with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she laid down or when she got up. Lot did not have any moral ascendancy over his daughters either. Now you have what? Incest. Lot was perhaps given too much wine. May ibang tao, there are some of us, pagbukas mo pa lang ng beer, lasing na. So, look at Lot. He was so drunk that when the older daughter slept with him, he did not know. He was oblivious to anything and everything that was happening. The next day, he, they got him drunk again. The same thing happened. Huh? I don't remember anything of last night. Why? He was too drunk. So what happened? So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son whom she named him Moab. He's the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son and she named him Ben-Ami. He's the father of the Ammonites today. So 
as far as Abraham was concerned, when he obeyed God, God fulfilled his promise to Abraham. And Abraham and Sarai bore a son named Isaac, through whom comes the genealogy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here we have Lot, who decided to go to the east. Using his eyes, he saw a good land, so he went there. And he decided to pitch his tent near Sodom. Over time, the wickedness of Sodom, he embraced. He had no moral ascendancy over his sons-in-law, no moral ascendancy over his wife and his children. And his daughters committed incest with him. And that sin bore the Moabites and the Ammonites. Now, who are the Moabites and the Ammonites? Deuteronomy 23. No Ammonite or Moabite, or any of his descendants may enter the assembly of the Lord, even down to the tenth generation. Wow! For they did not come to meet you with bread and water on your way when you came out of Egypt. And they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor in Aram Naharim, to pronounce a curse on you. This is Deuteronomy 23. When God liberated the Israelites through Moses, when He got them out of Egypt and told them to go to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, then they sent out 12 spies. Yes, the land is good, but the people are big. And the, all the termites are there. The Ammonites, the Moabites, the Perizzites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Jebusites, all the termites were there. And only Caleb and Joshua said, Yes, but our Lord is bigger than them. We should go and subdue the land. So they were going. But then what do we read? The Moabites and the Ammonites. What? The descendants of whom? Lot. The one who made that decision to live near Sodom. The Moabites and the Ammonites did not let them pass. They did not let the Israelite people, they were not hospitable to them. And look, they were cursed. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of his descendants may enter the holy assembly of the Lord even down to his tenth generation. As a matter of fact, they hired Balaam to pull the curse on the Israelites. But what did God do? However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing, because the Lord your God loves you. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them as long as you live. You see? The offspring of Lot was a cursed people. The offspring of, Ab of Abraham is a blessed people. And if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you are a product of that blessing. You know why Lot was spared? Lot was spared only because Abram asked God. You see, Abram and God would, would always talk with each other. That's how they were intimate. 
And when God told Abraham, I didn't show it to you, but He says, Will I keep from Abraham what I am about to do to Sodom and Gomorrah? And then Abraham and God talk with each other. Abraham said, God, if you find 100 faithful people in Sodom, will you destroy it? Uh, if I find 100, I will not. God, uh, if you find 50, will you destroy it? Oh, sige. If I find 50, uh, sige, I will not destroy it. God, sana lang ha? isang tawad na lang. God, if you find 10, will you relent? O sige, if I find 10 people, I will not destroy it. What happened? God destroyed it. There was not even 10 people. And only because Abram pleaded with God to spare his own nephew Lot was Lot spared. Crossroads. Decisions are always and ever will be in front of us. And intimacy with God will bring you to the right decision. And your lack of intimacy with God will bring you to a wrong decision. Why did Abraham obey God? Romans 4, 20 and 21 says, He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glo glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Against all odds, God promised Abraham that he would be a father of a great nation. He fully believed in God. In Hebrews, it says in verse 8, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Why? Because in verse 10 it says, For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. He was, Abraham was not living for the here and now. He was looking for his dwelling place with God in heaven. He was looking forward to the city of gold. And lastly, we've sung about it. That's why I asked the team to sing it this morning. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He was called God's friend. He was so intimate with his God that God called him friend. If you were to draw a target and God would be in the middle, I would place Abraham somewhere there. Really, really close to God. And I would put Lot on the wings as far as he can be. Because by his actions, 
by his decisions, he decided to be far away from God. He decided to live near Sodom. What do your decisions say about your intimacy with God? Decisions about who you hang out with. The Bible tells us that bad company corrupts good morals. Whom to marry? Do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. For what does God have to do with Balaam? Business decisions. Don't sign as a security. Because when things go wrong, they're going to run after you. Purchase decisions. Hey, kaya natin yan. Hulugan naman eh. Bili tayo yan. $25 a month lang yan. Kayang-kaya. Career decisions. Decision to migrate. Do your decisions reflect the intimacy or your intimacy with God? What decisions, what do your decisions say about your intimacy with God. You see, as we started, intimacy with God will bring right decisions. However, the lack of intimacy with God will lead to bad decisions. Abraham believed. Abraham obeyed. And he was blessed. His blessing came because he had an intimate relationship with God. He was not after the blessing. He was already blessed. Lot chose with his eyes. And it resulted in a lot of problems. Incest. And through the ancestral relation, incestual relationship with his daughters came a cursed people, the Moabites and the Ammonites. As we break out for our discussion groups, what bad decisions have you made in your life? I premise this because I'm sure all of us have made bad decisions one way or another, one time or another. What are the consequences of those choices? What do you plan to change about your decision-making processes? I close with the story of why my wife and my family are here. When my dad passed away in 2001, my brother gave me a document that showed that my father was, my grandfather was actually an American citizen when he went to the Philippines in 1900 to be with the U.S. Army in the Spanish-American War. So got, that got me to think. Got, that got me to research. And a friend of mine, the brother of our bro my wife's brother-in-law, said that, no, you are an American citizen. So I did my part. I researched. I went to the U.S. I got more documents. I filed for my citizenship here. Denied. Because I was not in the U.S. I had to go back to the Philippines and apply all over again. That was in 2005. In June 7 of 2007, 
I was issued my U.S. passport. Considered a citizen at birth. So question, Lord, bakit kung kailan matanda na? Why now? That was the question, why now? Until God showed me why. When the net was diagnosed with end-stage renal failure, 13% in Manila in January of 2010. When she and I got into the car, I said, we're going to the States. We're going to have a second opinion. Umbilis mo magdesisyon. Sabi ko, hindi. We have been asking God, why? Why U.S. citizenship and why now? I believe this is the answer. When we arrived in February of 2010, the hospital that she went to for a checkup did not release her anymore. They said she was down to 6% total kidney function. And she should not have been walking because other patients with 6%, they don't have the energy to walk. Long story short, Pastor Danny looks at me, I look at him, and he says, what are we doing? I say, what do you mean? You're here. I'm here. And believe it or else, July 2012 is our second anniversary year. I believe that God has brought us here for a purpose. And you are here because you are responding to the purposes of God for you. And you are endeavoring, you are pursuing the intimate presence of God. So that in our purposes, we will see His presence and His movement in our lives for His glory. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You move in our midst. And even, Lord, if we use our physical eyes, we cannot see. So, Lord, will You please help us to use eyes of faith that we'll be able to see beyond our circumstances. That when we pursue intimacy with you, Lord, you don't necessarily show us everything all at once. But you are faithful, Lord, to be there as we journey with you. So, Father, will you give us the faith of Abraham to abide in you, to trust you, to see beyond the here and the now. For even as Abraham was looking forward to the city that you are building. Father, help us right here and right now, Lord God, to be intimate with you so that we can glorify you in our decisions. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We can break out. Where shall we? Brother Edwin, uh, is there a place that we can break out for?